How do they uh, do it, JJ? How do firstly, it? the answer is they aren't recording all of those at once. They're only recording the master recording, right? And then uh, secondly, they set all that stuff up beforehand, and then they just hit buttons to change between the things that are already all set up. Re he he healy. Trying to find. Unless they're unless you see them building the scene on screen, I don't know how else they could do it, right? Right. You're or they have like a piece of software that works remotely, right? Like I know VMix is one I hear people talk about. D Drive Game Boy Library. GB 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 Okay, GBA. Alright, so let's just pull the, all the GB games. Open a new window. I have the few setup things left to do and we can get started. Okay, plug this into the dock. On dock. Dock! Dock! Dock, what year is it? Alright, uh, Bluetooth. Select, okay. turn on, searching. Should it be findable? Come on. You can do it. You can do it. What are we looking for? I'm trying to put a keyboard on this bed. Oh, yeah. There it goes. That's probably helpful. Yeah. Do I think I want a mouse too? That's the question. Why is it taking so long to pair? I don't know. All I see is a screen that says Bluetooth keyboard and Bluetooth keyboard is highlighted. Yeah. And then it's got the little uh, rotating single symbol. Saying like available to pair. Why is it not yes. pairing it? Pair it. Don't, is it trying don't. to pair to TV Tatooine? Is that the issue? Uh, no, there's a little there's a little rotating dial next to the keyboard. Oh, I oh I do see that now. I didn't see that before. I was looking in the wrong part of the screen. No, and I've got my mouse available to pair now too, and it's not it's not finding that. Well, given the rate at which uh, it has had trouble pairing thus far, I wouldn't. Uh... This is going to suck to do without a keyboard, I would think. Yeah, I think you probably want the keyboard. This is annoying. This is what I thought was going to be the last thing to do because it would be easy. You fool. <laughs> you, you fool. How could you okay. think something? The mouse is reconnected. Why Andrew Cooper's? That's what I want. I don't know. That's not. I, what buddy? are the options here? I don't know. Maybe we need to do this in desktop mode or something. Yeah, I would probably. Seems to be struggling. Yeah. Okay. Well. Bully to that, I guess. Okay. Uh, let's get out of this menu. Go to the library. Go to installed. And we're going to go bye-bye. Wait, what? How do I uninstall RetroArch? Uh, I would think you... Manage. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, JJ. We're undoing everything we've done. 
<laughs> no. No. Oh, my mouse is working. Whoever Andrew Cooper is, is very happy to be controlling my computer. So next is Steam. Power. Switch to desktop. Now we lose signal for a little bit here. I guess we've started the podcast, maybe? I don't know. Are you recording this? I've been recording, just to see okay. if it would work. Uh, so then, how it yeah, sure. Hey, we're on a podcast. You know, um, I don't know if it even exists anymore, but you know, Kevin Smith had that thing called the Smodcast for a long time. Oh, uh, interesting. Pretty sure he still does, maybe, um, produce those podcasts. Yeah. Why is it? Is it trying to show me a blank desktop here? Because that's all it's, I see. I think what it's doing is showing you a second screen. So we're gonna have to ah, figure out how okay. to how to mirror that. Because I have another screen in front of me. So let's see. That here. would be a. Uh, well, there's a two things potentially that could be going on here. Either you need to change the screen settings in the OS so that it doesn't try to detect it as a second screen and set it up for mirroring. Or yeah. perhaps the dock has some kind of setting about that. So, oh, display and monitor. There we go. Um, device, built-in display, resolution, replaced by refresh, etc. Display configuration. What is happening here? Resolution refresh replica of yeah built-in screen that sounds like what you want okay give it a moment give it a moment give it a moment give it oh a moment. i see some i see some stuff now yeah huh this is strange man this is real finicky pretty finicky i'm gonna unplug the dock and plug it back in see if we can get the screen to show back up and do the right thing here Welcome to We Were Gamers, episode 343. Uh, we're clearly buttoned up on this podcast. We've got it all yeah. figured out. As usual, we're right on top uh, of things. There we go. Let's see. This looks all right. Now it's replicating the screen. Now it's replicating the screen. Yeah. This looks like what we want. Yeah. Uh, it does. Now, can I get the mouse to move? No. So whatever mouse is connected to my computer is not connected. I don't think. You probably... The issue is you probably want to disconnect the mouse from your computer and then connect it to this thing, right? Yeah, well... Uh, no, I mean... Uh, you don't want uh, to fight the one that the, the one that we thought we may have added in the... Um, you probably lost that when you disconnected the dock. Oh, you think so? Yeah. We've got another issue, which is that um, I can't <laughs> I can't move the I can't it's move the mouse. Screens. Yeah, but it's I don't have. Right. Yeah, so so this is as far as the touch screen goes on my. See where the mouse goes now. That's as far as the touch screen goes. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So I can't see the bottom of the screen anymore. So now what? <laughs> uh, you may have to reboot because I don't see how you can fix that without access to more menus. Can you like bring up a menu by like holding, pressing and holding and something like that? Oh, I could probably use click and hold some kind of menu. Let's disconnect this, whatever the thinks the mouse is. Uh, 
return to gaming mode. Computer. Return to gaming mode. We'll disconnect uh, whatever it thinks this mouse is. This and is maybe... why Bluetooth sucks and always use cords. Listener, if you want to know why JJ uses a wired mouse and a wired keyboard, this is why. Extraordinarily inconvenient for it sometimes. Give me Except, uh give me a minute here. Let's see. This is all gonna be interesting to edit and see if we can get a usable episode out of this. Uh seeing as we're already twenty minutes in, we can't get past the Bluetooth problem. So Bluetooth uh forget this device. Yes. Bluetooth off. I have a wired keyboard. I guess I will deal with this problem later. I will go find it. Give me two minutes. Well, listeners, Andrew has gone. Uh, allow me to regale you with tales of me playing Marvel's Midnight Suns this week. Uh, you know, that game is all right. It really makes me feel like I'm back in college in some ways, except all the members of the people that I live with in the dorm are weird superheroes who have like hangups and insecurities about not being good enough at superheroing. It's pretty weird. Uh, I will say I do like, uh, I'm starting to really like enjoy the really bite sized amount of combat in that game. Uh, it's really fun to just like go in and like wreck house on a bunch of little Hydra dudes by like shooting lasers at them or having Spider-Man jump all over them and kick them into the next week. Uh, but I'm not sure where the, the story is going. It's been very, uh, I mean, I guess in true comic book fashion, there's been a decent number of twists and turns, and I'm, I'm pretty curious to see what happens. The, it is always fun, though, to go back and, like, hang out with Spider-Man and Ghost Rider, and, like, build stuff, work on his car, or uh, help... Iron Man and Doctor Strange bicker with each other in the forge. <laughs> Man, they really don't like each other. Although maybe it's good-natured bickering. I don't know. Uh, there's definitely a lot of bickering. I think uh, my favorite little subplot so far has been uh, Blade starting a book club. I'm really enjoying that one. I'm back. What did you talk to the listeners about? Oh, I talked to the listeners about the fun I've been having this week with Marvel's Midnight Suns. Oh, very cool. I... Really enjoy that blade has started a book club <laughs> so uh can you see the screen again mm -hmm. i still see it yep okay no cancel don't shut down um switch to desktop so because i bought the dock i have three usb uh, a type or original type mm -hmm. yeah I think uh, that's a. places to use so now we can do this hey i see this. A, a, I see a mouse yeah, so we got a mouse. Okay. <sighs> JJ, I took notes. So um, let's talk a little bit about what we did last time. Okay, so uh, for the reminding the uh, astute Three. reader. Yeah, so the the, 20 minutes in of this recording, uh, five minutes into the actual episode. Hello, welcome to We Were Gamers. Uh, I left doing Bluetooth till last, so now we're, uh, you know, where we are. <laughs> But this has a whole new look, huh, JJ? Yeah, man. Re uh, yep. uh, Steam Deck, the pod, the podcast 2.0. Yeah. I would say uh, 
I hope that folks who joined us for the last Steam Deck episode, which was uh, shot via, uh, honestly, uh, surprisingly well done overhead cam. <laughs> Handicam footage. Uh, have appreciated the upgrade in quality we have here. Yeah, we did it. This is kind of cool. I can yeah. see it in the OBS window. So uh, last time, uh, previously on Steam Deck 1.0. Yeah. Uh we got a, we installed RetroArch via Steam last time. It works okay. Yeah, it works. It, it it functions, and I don't suggest people don't do it. But um, let's say there were many people that reached out about uh, doing EMU deck, and yeah. saying saying that maybe running it through the Steam native API isn't exactly the answer all the time for everything and that uh, there might be a better way and so people reached out and said well have you tried emu deck yet and we said uh i guess we should do that right i I think the i think the thought was uh we had heard of emu deck but this was easy and free and not not that emu deck costs money but more that like we had let it felt like less work potentially Mm -hmm. Although maybe it will turn out to be wrong. I guess we'll find out. Do I need to install Firefox? Is that what this is saying? I mean, that's... I don't know. Did you click on the Firefox logo down at the I bottom? I did. Yeah, do you see it? I it's see, on the but I, it's hard to see what the text oh, is. I'm, type, I'm typing... Yeah, it's it's very small uh, on the screen. I don't know why it's so tiny. Uh, I don't know how to make it bigger. If this tiny little window at the top takes up the entire Steam Deck screen, this is all fascinating and fun, huh? Just trying to... Oh, launch. Okay. Firefox is available to launch now. That's good. Okay, we've got a real Firefox window here. I don't know if you can see it in the top tiny little corner there. I see it. I see it, yeah. I I can see that that top little corner, I think, is what you need to be your entire... Oh, maybe the size of your desktop is too big? Maybe? How do I change that? Uh, if this was different flavor of Linux, I would know how to do that. Um, it, like get to that menu with display stuff again. Hmm, I can't read this window. This. says drag to rearrange screens. Yeah. Elgato. So, okay, so it, it definitely identifies the Elgato as a yeah. separate screen. Yeah. When you hit identify. But okay, it's on so mirror. It, yeah, but it's mirroring it at the wrong resolution. Yeah. And I can't get it in the window to show up. So click back on that first screen, the one, yeah. the only one you have there. Yeah. Get in yeah. there. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, there we go. There, there it is. There it is. What resolution do we want? The same as the other one. Uh, sixteen by ten. There we go. Apply. So we won't get full HD resolution, but now... Who cares? Keep. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. This is totally... Yep, yep, yep. Learning Linux uh, with JJ and Andy. (laughs) I I don't want to be mean, but if I had... This was always going to happen? No, but if I could have seen this menu, I would have known what to do. (laughs) This is why I wanted to fix it before we kept going any further... No, you because, were right to do it. You were right to do uh, it. Uh, this is do. one of those. This is one of those things where, like, I've had to do annoying stuff, like in the vein of this. Yeah. Uh, 
at with my Linux computer before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, without being able to see the menu, you can't tell. Cause I couldn't read it. Like at that tiny right. one, I was like literally bending over and squinting at my screen. To try Buddy, to we were both, text. we were both doing it. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, what good resolution. I can't see anything. And you can see the whole thing now, right? Like the bottom bar and the I can see everything screen. on right, the perfect. OBS screen now. So I can actually pull the OBS screen in front of me instead of sitting all strange and weird, uh, sideways at the computer. Which is kind of what you mean? You don't sit. You don't sit strange, weird goblin mode all the time, like (laughs) cranked over to the side or whatever. What's wrong with goblin mode? I guess right. So this is emudeck.com. So JJ, what we did last time was we installed RetroArch, which is a what would you call it? An an encompassing emulator. It's an emulator uh, that houses. uh, I'd say it's an emulator that houses that houses many different cores for different systems yeah. that it can emulate okay but it's it's a shell right yeah. retroarch is a shell for many different underlying emulators okay but it is also uh, more of a what is it a library kind of management system for for the communities yeah, yeah. that make these things as well right like they don't have yeah, I, uh, I mean retroarch is is the is the system and the organization tool and the file browser and like all of yeah. that stuff. The yeah. only thing that the core is literally just the part that does the emulation of the game, yeah. Yeah. right? All the rest of it is just wrapper around the thing that puts the pixels on the screen. So now let's complicate it and say, what's emulation station? Uh, don't know, Andrew, you tell me. Ah, okay. So emulation. I mean, station. other than like, you know, I know, is a it seems to be a wrapper for the wrapper. So what it's gonna do apparently is uh give us a, a more of a GUI style operating system for RetroArch and other non RetroArch emulators. Yeah, so I believe uh from what I read about this thing, which is not a ton, but from what I have read is that this thing is a like a big like a big picture type uh thing that really just uh allows you to install a bunch of other emulators and mm-hmm. makes it easy to access them from specifically a Steam Deck. Okay. How do I empty is... my trash on this machine? Oh, here we go. Trash. Yeah, probably empty just trash. like that. I would guess. Trash. There we go. Downloads. Okay, so we've downloaded the EMU desktop installer. Uh, EMU deck is different from like Retro Deck and others where it's going to make scripts to download and install what we tell it to download and install from the internet. And it's all going to kind of package it together using Emulation Station and Steam ROM Manager and RetroArch and separate... Uh, systems and kind of package them all together for us. I think mm-hmm. there's another system out there called Retro Deck, which kind of tries to flat pack it all together for you. Um, but that then requires them to update the entire thing every time somebody gets a little update to them or something, you know, right? Yeah. I think the benefit with this one is that because you have underneath it installed all the things separately, yep. they can update themselves separately. Whereas the flat packed one, 
is convenient in that it just installs everything all at once without you having to do additional steps. Yeah. Uh, but then because of that integration, then it, they're difficult to update individually and they may not work together once you do that. So, so we're going to try, we've uninstalled everything. Uh, we've uninstalled everything that we said that we did last time because I, this is going to install a Linux, but non steam version of RetroArch, I guess. Right. Uh, so the, the thing about, uh, RetroArch on Steam is my understanding is that it is behind and sort of locked to certain levels of the RetroArch shell. Yeah. Um, or, you know, maybe they push updates to it less frequently and this would allow you to stay uh, all the way up to the bleeding edge and, or even to use versions of things that RetroArch supports outside of Steam that they don't support in Steam for reasons. Yeah. There's two things I want to talk about before we leave today. One is the switch and we'll get to it later. And two is, um, I'm just going to start moving through the things and JJ and I are going to chat because we're here to hang out and talk about this stuff and experience it. But I don't think this is exactly a tutorial, right? Like we're not sitting here trying to learn all uh, we're, we're here to experience the, why isn't the Bluetooth working? How do you change the resolution? <laughs> What's what is custom mode? Like we're here for the experience. You're, you're here to watch us flail. Um, I went out earlier today and watched a, uh, YouTube tutorial and read an article by retro game core C O R P S. Um, and if you are really interested in this exact program, which I can't necessarily recommend because we're just trying it for the first time here. Um, they would be a good source to start with for educating yourself on the exact particulars of all this. As um, as I start to get into this more, I'm sure the podcast in general is going to start talking about this more. Um, yeah. Off, yeah, and I assume these uh, people like have their own guides telling you how to install it and what things. EMU Deck like. has a guide. There's a guide right here. It says, "Check out this guide." Yep, right here. Um, we're going to go straight to custom mode because why not? Why would you ever click easy mode? Uh, choose have more where you would right? like your ROMs to be stored. I want them here. Seems good. Uh, I chose the SD card for the non-podcast or non-video listeners. Hey, we have a YouTube channel, JJ. Yeah, uh, that's youtube.com slash at we were gamers. Yeah. Uh, and check us out on there. You could be watching this video, seeing what the heck it is we're talking about here. Yeah. So choose your device Steam Deck. I guess they yep. support the Abernick Win 600, but we're going with the uh, Steam Deck itself. Cool. So do we just want to install all this stuff? I think we do, I mean, right? just in case. You know, it's, it's a question of how many uh, different emulators uh, you want to have installed, right? They got a whole bunch on here yeah. for the benefit of the listeners, uh, the ones listed on the screen. RetroArch, Dolphin, Prime Hacks, PPSSPP, Duck Station, Citra, PCSX2, RPCS3, <coughs> Yuzu, Ryujinx, XEMU, CEMU, Emulation Station, MAME Standalone, Vita 3K, Quote Experimental, and Scum VM. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. Click sure. all these, right? <laughs> Why I not? Know, yeah, sure. Uh, Citra and Simu are more recent, like Wii and... CEMU is a Wii U emulator. I yeah, we we so I think Citra is Wii, and I think CEMU is uh, Wii U. Yep, PCSX two, one. you know, you know that one. Yep. RPCS three um, is a PS three emulator. PS3, Yuzu, yep, exactly. Yuzu and Ryujinx are both Switch emulators. 
You, yes, and uh, X- XEMU is oh, either so I don't Xbox need re- or three C. So I don't need well, re-jinx. so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, uh, having emulated a Switch game which I own, uh, sometimes you want both to compare them against each other because they don't always work the same way, and like you have problems with one and then not the others. So, so you might as well install both because it can't yeah. be that big, right? They're, no. I mean, the, things, they're not like the in, the install of the emulator is not the thing that takes up the space. It's the games, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to keep Dolphin on there. Um, RetroArch, obviously. Is just, Dolphin is just great, man. I love Dolphin. Yeah. yeah. And, well, I guess that's and, also a GameCube and a Wii emulator. So maybe you don't need both. But anyway, there, there are redundancies on here is what it's worth saying that it's definitely fine to not install all of them. Yeah. I don't care. Click this button. I got the big one. Do it. By default, we will overwrite all configuration on these emulators. You can disable any emulator, emulator, emulator to keep its current configuration. Not recommended. Active means the emulator will be overwritten. Overwrite them. Configure autosave. If enabled, your game state will be saved on exit and automatically loaded when opened again. (laughs) Affected in Atari, Game Boy, blah, blah, blah. That seems good. Yeah, so this is a like automatic save state is what it sounds like. Is that that sounds good to me? If that's what you want, boom on next. It's cool that they give you the choice. Oh, look at this, JJ. Configure. Oh yeah, retro achievements. Retro, we arch, about this. retro achievements. Yeah, we talked about this in uh, Steam Deck episode 1.0. You you do you describe this? Because so, you're the uh, one that told me about it. Yeah, so I have fooled with this before. Um, <laughs> well, I've, I've only used it. Uh, no, nah, I mean you know, uh, I've used it uh, not through this uh, setup, but I've used it in other uh, things, and basically it is uh, you know the retro achievements itself is a website that an emulator can like you, you create your account on that website, and your emulator can go to the website via an API, uh, pull down hooks and additions to your game, and basically create achievements for the game so that when you do certain actions in the game and trigger certain things it will pop up an achievement as though this was you know 360 or a ps4 or 5 or xbox whatever you know so you have a uh, retro achievements account uh i probably do but i could not possibly tell you yeah. username or password does i currently right do not so uh we'll skip this step for now i know is, that you you can go back totally in and yeah you can totally come back later. and do this later yeah. uh it is totally fun and completely unnecessary <laughs> superfluous i think is the word they call that yeah totally yeah uh configure game bezels you can use our pre-configured bezels to hide vertical black bars on 8-bit and 16-bit games on sounds good to me that's fun that is fun okay configure configure aspect ratio for classic sega games four by three original three by two less black but no we're going original baby uh configure it for super nes uh oh, so now you got a real choice the real ooh. snes resolution oh man default. look at that because it's true that that snes one is actually right because like, i think the snes doesn't quite output four by three let's do eight by seven then why not yep. Ooh, widescreen hacks available for dreamcast and nintendo 64 jj Look at that. Uh, I've used so uh, yeah yeah. I I've used some of these. These require alterations though. You're not playing the original ROM doing this stuff. Oh, the original but aspect ratio it is. I uh I I I use them. 
<laughs> I cut you off before you were gonna. So you're gonna do this. You're gonna say you you use the widescreen hacks. Usually, uh, it depends. It depends on the game. Look at this I one. Have... So go back and he says full screen using widescreen hacks on Dreamcast and N64. It's just like okay, sounds good. What what does that mean? What is widescreen hack? It looks like I mean, click on it. Click on it. Right. No, I know I clicked on it it's and a, the people are seeing it. It's an alteration. Yeah, what is an alteration? Have, you have to download extra it. files? No. Well, it, like files. What do you mean by files? Uh, do I have to do something? No, I'm sure these emulators will apply these for you. But uh-huh. The point is someone has made, uh, whether you want to call it a script or a series of commands or something that you can run in the emulator that will cause the game to output more data than it usually would, right? Right. Normally, it's outputting in this specific aspect ratio. But they made one. alterations to the game and the renderer of the game or the emulator, depending on the various things. I'm not, you know, all the way versed in the software things here. Okay, so it's, it's telling the game it to, to render playing. more. Got it. Yes, okay. you're playing the game, but it is now giving you a bigger screen, right? Oh. In theory, if it is done well, it should play basically the same but because now you have widescreen view there can be some weird things that happen where like you can see stuff you weren't meant to see uh or you know like you have a wider um field of view in some cases so stuff might look weird there's a lot of different ways these things can be implemented i would say generally they're fine because the people that do them are good but you know it's uh there is some preference there you will have you will notice it and it will be different yeah so if we go to the next one it said configure aspect ratio for gamecube and it says 14 by 3 original is fine 16 by 9 full screen using widescreen hacks just like last time expect some graphical glitches right well so the difference here is like i think that's just a stretch look at that that's just a look at the buttons that's just a stretch yeah so the thing is right that's the graphical glitches you're getting right but look at the character and look at the world that stuff doesn't change right bird's eye situation no, it's not, oh. right? Like, look at the rendered part. The issue is oh, that this stuff, right. okay. this stuff is overlaid on top of the rendered screen, right? So the okay. 3D rendered part is now 16 by 9 and looks good. Right, yeah. The problem is, in this game in particular, this looks like Wind Waker. Wind Waker um, it is, yeah. The map and this button combination and the hearts and stuff aren't rendered. They're done via, like, you know, uh, flat pictures put on top of the rendered scene, and they can't, they can't fix the size of them, right? They'd have to recreate new versions of those, right? Well, in the last one, they stay in the same spot. You see that, uh, right? Because in some, because this is Dreamcast and Nintendo sixty four, where apparently they can do that better, right? Yeah. Versus here with the GameCube, maybe it's not as possible. Okay, so it's just one of those things where like it depends on the various emulators and like a lot of this stuff. You're gonna want to play with these options yourself. Like that's true for every emulated game. I feel. Oh, look at that. So this next screen is LCD shader for handhelds. LCD shader simulates the old LCD matrix screen of handheld systems. So it basically dulls out the colors quite a bit. Well, but it makes it look like how those screens look. It tries to make it look like how those screens looked, right? As opposed to rendering perfect high-resolution stuff. This is similar to, like, if you've ever tried a scanline uh, filter on stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look, you can see the matrix of the line. It's mm-hmm. adding lines in. Yeah, yeah. It's adding, like, you know, the dot LED effect. It's adding the, yeah, the bad screens on there. I don't know how I feel about that because this, I actually like it. It's so prettier I, I, without it. 
Uh, I will say uh, it is one of those things that is divisive among some people. Some people are like, I want to see it like it was. Mm-hmm. And that's what the filter is for. And other people want like, I want the rawest, most pure, like rendered pixels I can get. Uh, and then you leave it off, right? It, similar with those uh, um, C- CRT filters, right? Yeah, yeah. If you want, some games look wrong without those CRT filters. However, sometimes people have gotten used to that wrong look and decide that they like that now. This is why you, could, this is why you can have both, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I can turn this off later if I don't like it, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how. Well, you probably go back through this screen if you wanted to. I mean, you okay. probably just go into the various emulators. Configure CRT for 2D classic games. Whoa! Yeah, dude. Uh, CRT filters make a big difference, in my opinion. Whoa! Those are totally different colors. Well, but that's what a CRT did, right? Like... This is one of those things where people don't understand like how different stuff looked on a CRT TV. Wow. On. It's got to be on. Right? I mean, look at the color change. Yeah. You know, the the thing about uh CRTs, right, is that they have a uh, glow, they have luminescence, like each dot that got rendered on a CRT like bled a little bit into the colors next to it. It didn't render the colors exactly right. Uh, all that stuff. It's really, uh, yeah, it's really different. Now we're going to be divisive because CRT shader gives classic systems faux CRT vibe for classic 3D games of PlayStation One, Saturn, and 64 Dreamcast. Look at this thing. But like this is this is the same thing, right? This is the same kind of thing where they built these systems to run on these old CRTs, and then they look different when you don't do that. Uh huh. Emulation station theme. So do we want emulation DE, Epic I mean, Noir, just, RB just like Simple? It's just like how you want it. Modern. This looks like a switch, so we're going to not do that. Okay. I mean, you know, that's your choice. Install homebrew games. Do you want no. games that some people have made? I don't want their homebrew games. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't currently. Now you should hit. You should hit watch log because this is going to be more fun. Yeah. Oh, this this here's the Linux. This is what I want. Give here's the, the Linux, Linux, baby. <laughs> okay, so if this takes a little while to install, let's see how fast it's kind of going in the background here. Maybe we'll talk about our side uh, discussion that I should. I want to have a little bit because we got an email. Okay. About. Um. I don't I want to paraphrase the email because it's a sentiment that I got as well as a direct email. The direct email wasn't worded well and the question wasn't great. Um but it got to a sentiment that I've heard before which is Andy, you told me the the switch is the best handheld, the coolest thing, etc. Um <laughs> why are you talking so much about your Steam Deck? What are you doing with the Steam? You know, like, what is what is the Steam Deck when? Or, now, or should I even get a Switch now? Uh, there's a lot of, like, complicated around this. You, you translate what I'm saying a little bit, JJ, well, is what, I mean, what you're it, hearing out of me. So I think, you know, some people are, want, you know, I think there's probably reasonable people being like, what is the point of having a Switch right now if, like... The, the number one thing I hear about games on the Switch is people like, man, I really would like to not play this game on the Switch. 
Yeah. Um, and I think that's a that's a fair criticism. The Switch is like several years old at this point, right? Like six, maybe. Yeah, I think you're twenty eighteen, um, maybe twenty eighteen. I don't know, um, but that's a long Switch. time. So I can uh, easily see and understand people being like, "How long is this thing going to continue to be supported?" Especially because, as we know, Nintendo loves to eventually turn off its services and not let you use their things in the future. Especially now um, when they're trying to create these online systems. I wonder a little bit about the like, well, you know, you're paying for the N64 and you're paying for this and that. But they don't seem to be adding anything with any uh, verve. You know what I mean? It's not like every week there's 17 games getting added to those systems, which there could be. There's plenty of room for them to make the investment to be adding 10 games i think every month or whatever they are adding like one or two things so that you can't say you're getting nothing yes i'm not saying they're not doing anything let's be clear yeah like i just want to say they're like doing the minimum here is what it seems to me like yeah right and that was a lot of text that wasn't an install i love the install bar yeah this is a very funny way to render an install bar on a terminal (laughs) i kind of like it yeah (laughs) Uh, the other thing, though, I think is that, you know, uh, some of the, you know, some people really like the Switch and are sad to hear other people, you know, have stopped liking or given up using their Switch because they really like using it, right? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing stopping you from continuing to use your Switch, right? I don't think that you're advocating here that everyone should throw their Switch in the trash and use a Steam Deck, right? Right. Yeah. The and difference I think is it, that I didn't the make switch it... doesn't the switch doesn't support all this stuff, right? And it's not a computer. Right. I mean it's it's got an ARM chip in it finally, like a real computer. But I think one of the reasons I didn't pick the Steam Deck itself as my thing of the year, and it may be my thing of the year next year, you know, when I get through uh sorting through what the heck all this text in front of me means i'm fascinated by this you're I mean, you were right to say, oh i know I, i'm getting they're just installing a bunch of emulators man yeah this is, this is what the install screens look like my no, name is, is getting installed yeah i oh yeah. i mean it's nice it's cool yeah, uh so they're, now they're installing xemu right yeah. ujinx was the one before that so yeah now it's um, cemu you know so it's a the switch is still has a place in our home i I handed it to a kid today to let her try Donkey Kong for the first time, right? Like, I'm not Mm going to hand off the Steam Deck for that purpose. Um, It's not the right size. It's not the right weight. It's not the right feel. It's not the right menus. It's not the right games. The Switch... How do I want to say this? The Steam Deck... isn't what the switch should be. I think that's what a lot of people who are like console war fighters say Mm -hmm. is like, this is what that should have been. Or, well, the Xbox is a better version of this. It does this better. Or the steam decks, a better switch, or this is a better that. And it's like that device was made to be that device. And it is that device. And it does exactly that. Sometimes you'd say things like, well, the new 3DS was definitely better than the old 3DS, so you shouldn't get that uh, older one. You should get the newer one. Or the old LED switch doesn't improve the switch any. Don't bother. 
right? Like that's that's a real review of a thing. But saying like, yep, the Steam Deck is what the Switch should have been is not is not, I think, a f- a fair or even a legitimate discussion to have. The Steam Deck is not what the Switch should be, and the Steam Deck does may do if you do what we're doing here, right? And you have legal ROMs and all that store stuff and you want to use those roms on a different device because you think it might play better or you get really more into this than i probably ever will sure you might be able to use a steam deck to do the same things but i think i would still say if you've got kids and you think that you know if you want to give them one game yeah, so this, i think it's the, a switch the important thing. it's, it's got to be a switch it's not a steam deck I think the important context that people are missing, right, is that you have, like, more things going on than you playing games in the consideration, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, you you also may be a little reticent to give uh, your child the Steam Deck because the Steam Deck costs so much more. Oh, right? Astronomically. And, or, and they're, you know, somewhat more difficult to get. Um, although I hear they're shipping pretty quick now these days, but anyway, th- they, you know, yeah, you can get one pretty quickly. If you want, that, if you don't want the high end one, I think you can get one directly. You know, so that is a, a another consideration, right? But it, this is stuff that maybe, you know, people who want to argue about systems or say like thing is better than other thing, maybe aren't considering that like you have more considerations than just like whether this thing itself is better than the other thing you don't care having two things is better for you than having one best thing right because you have a use case where someone is using the other thing and now you have a second thing that could be used at that time yeah and it plays you know and they do different things right the switch having less features is a benefit for someone like a young child who doesn't have is not going to have the capability to handle linux stuff and install (laughs) scripts right or when it crashes know what the heck to do right exactly and you know to be fair i'm sure the you know the emulators and all this stuff runs well that it would be unlikely to crash once you had it set up but like they're not going to be able to figure out how to set this up i mean not at the age they are now i'm sure in like five years they'll be running circles around us or whatever but yeah you know this is you know as we age into our doddering old man uh (laughs) As morphed before your eyes. I was flipping through these screens here of uh, installation suggestions and tips. And I ran across this one that's got uh, folders that we're going to drop stuff into. ROMs, where I'm going to put those Game Boy ROMs that we we had last time from my ripped Game Boy games. Emulation slash BIOS. What's this about? What BIOS do I need to be finding? So, uh, for... Or for... Consoles which have internal BIOSes, for legal reasons, the emulators cannot provide those. What would those be? That's not an SNES, right? No, no, it's not. SNES, when you turn on an SNES, does it boot up into something? No. But a PlayStation 2 did? Mm Mm-hmm. And so does a PS3, a PS4, or a PS5, a Switch, a Xbox 360, but maybe not Xbox Original? don't know anyway uh those all have bioses which are is the like that's soft level operating system stuff system software which the emulator would not be able to own right yeah that makes sense and you have to provide that yourself uh okay look you can find that stuff on the internet i'm sure everyone out there figured out how to do this 
you can do it too. Uh, okay. But for like an SNES or a Game Boy, that's not relevant. Okay. So like the stuff but that we're telling gonna... you here where to put those things though. So which yeah. is nice. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's got it all nice and or BIOS path. Okay. Some games need the original BIOS to launch. Oh, they just told you. Oh, I, let's, I guess I could have kept swiping, but. But then don't use subdirectories. Oh, just stick them in that BIOS folder. Okay. Except if you have switch BIOS. You need BIOS files for these systems. PlayStation 1. Yep. 2, 3. Sega CD, Mega CD, Dreamcast, Saturn, Switch, DS, Microsoft X. Uh, that's not Microsoft X. The MSX is an old PC computer from Japan. Uh, Okay. Amber Elec Convention. I don't know what that is, but I think that they're telling me what it is. Steam input profiles. You can use the Steam's triggers, the back buttons, basically, to control emulator hotkeys. That's awesome. And do this. You to do this. Do this for, for a 3DS, Wii U, PlayStation 1 and 2. Okay, will do. Okay, two front ends. This is what I was a little worried about. You can either use Steam ROM Manager to add your games or use Emulation Station. If you have a small library, we recommend Steam ROM Manager. If you have thousands of games, Emulation Station will work better. If you only want to use Emulation Station, disable all other parsers when you launch Steam ROM Manager. Okay. We've run out of tips, so we're going to launch Steam ROM Manager, I guess? Or do we need to... We need to close this and move my ROMs first, I think. Because there won't be anything to manage. Probably. Okay. We're going to exit. We're going to leave that in the downloads for now. EMU deck gets its own little thing right next to this. That's kind of cool. Uh, now, I pre-did this, JJ. Let's see if it worked. Um, there should be... Oh, there's MSC6. There is all the games that we copied over earlier. So we go, we shift. Oh, shift doesn't work the same way because I'm, I'm on the wrong keyboard. <laughs> uh, right em. click. I right click. That's what the kids say. They say got them. Copy. Primary is the SD card. Emulation. ROMs. Oh, look at that. Mm -hmm. This is cool. Uh, game, gear, game, watch, GameCube, GB. There we go. Yeah, pro that's probably it. Paste. Very cool. Okay, so now we've got those moved over onto there. I think it's done. Launch EMU deck again. Checking for updates. Cool. Auto-updating. Like it. Uh, tools and stuff is what they said to use. There's Steam ROM Manager. What else we got here? Guides. That's fun. Power Tools. Gyro. Decky. Compressor. Update Emulators and Tools. That's going to be an important button. Yeah, people will probably want to check those out, of course. Quick Settings. Check BIOS. Save Backup Steam ROM Manager. Exit Steam to launch Steam ROM Manager. To add your emulators and emulation station to Steam, hit Preview. 
then generate app list, then wait for images to download. When you're happy with your image choices, save app list and wait for it to say it's completed. Temp desktop controls will revert to trackpad. Okay, sure, whatever. I have a mouse and keyboard though, so should be fine. Oh, there's all the... Okay, wow. Wow. You knew there had to be a place where this was going to get technical here. I'm a little nauseous here. I mean, I don't know why. It's just a bunch of stuff. Read this sentence. Configuring a parser might look overwhelming, but it's easier than you think. Click the eye near an option to see related information, which might be useful to you. Okay. Enabled, unsaved, disabled. That's fine. Um, Steam ROM manager. So emulation station should have all of our ROMs in it. Right? I, think, I don't know, man. Uh, okay. Basic configuration. Can select parser type. Do we need to do this? I don't know what this is. Whoa, what's this? I mean, this is how it's looking for the various games from these other things, right? Yeah, but Epic and GOG? I mean, those are games. Yeah, but I, I don't have I have those on here. I wonder if that means you can get them on here. I mean, it's a PC. You can just install whatever you want, right? There's nothing stopping you from installing Epic on this PC. Uh, how would you run it, though? Because I don't think Epic makes a Linux installation. Does this program know that? I don't know. Good point. Yeah, it might not. Okay. Um, as far as I recall, we should turn all these off and just turn on Emulation Station. Okay. And save it. Oh. Error encountered while saving user configurations. Why? I'm confused. What am I missing here? Am I missing a step? This is why it's not a this is why it's not a tutorial though, JJ, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe this yeah. becomes a two uh episode situation here. Um, yeah. Might be. Oh, we got Whoa, what was that? It was trying to launch something. Looks like it was a window manager there. Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe it was trying to launch a window manager. Well, these are the dangers you run, huh? Huh. I think what? uh we did not follow a step. Uh, somewhere at the end of that installation. Uh, hmm. Yeah, that's my guess. Uh, we, you selected a parser, but then maybe did not run it or. Oh, do I need to run a parser? Something like that is my you guess need here. To run a parser. Okay. All right. Well, we tried. <laughs> uh, undoubtedly, we have forgotten something uh, very straightforward, uh, and it will be very clear. Uh, and folks who probably didn't listen to this as a tutorial which again, it was not, uh, would probably be able to figure out what's been going on. Uh, but if you want to tell us what we did wrong, uh, you can send those emails to podcast at weweregavers.com. Uh, we'll already know what the fix is by the time you send them, but it's worth yeah. sending them anyway, so you might as well. Yeah. Uh, Next time we'll talk about uh, the DOS box a little bit more. We'll go through uh, what we missed in this step and where we got to, uh, and maybe talk. We'll walk through how it all works. I don't know. Maybe. Yep. Next, I won't try and Bluetooth the keyboard to it next time. I'll tell you that much. That ate like twenty minutes, JJ. <laughs> Never use Bluetooth, dude. 
<laughs> Probably a good idea. Thanks for trying to help me out today, and thank you for the, uh, the walkthrough on how some of this stuff works. And I can't wait to do it next time. So it would have been pretty strange to kind of end the podcast there. Uh, just kind of <laughs> assuming we didn't figure it out. But I wasn't really able to leave well enough alone after JJ and I ended the pod. And uh, I went through a guide and decided I was going to figure it out. And it only took about five more minutes worth of time. You can see here Emulation Station actually running. This is kind of weird doing this alone by yourself, just recording into the void. But hey, we're here. Um, and I just want to show you that it does it does work. And JJ and I will go through everything else that comes with and comes with i don't know comes comes from having done all of this and the benefits and side side things you can do and all that sort of stuff i think we'll explore all that next time together um just to kind of experiment and figure out what's going on but if we went back into the um desktop mode here sorry let's figure this out here we go switch to desktop mode yes yes please do it Okay, we'll try doing it with the buttons. There we go. Apparently it likes doing it with the buttons instead. Um, we we'll switch back to desktop mode. We were pretty close. JJ actually, I think, said it out loud um, when describing what he thought we should do. Uh, we got to re-edit these display settings. Apparently they didn't save. Keep. Okay. So now we've got this all fixed up for the stream. Cool. I didn't know I'd have to do that every time. That's cool. At least we know how to fix that this time, right? It's all fun. This this is what I think Michael was talking about was the fun of of experimenting and exploring and tinkering and something that I know that I like to do and scares me that I like to do it is this type of stuff where you get to roll around in the mud a little bit of uh of of making things work. So we we went into the Steam ROM manager during all that and we were right to remove all these parsers and everything. The thing you have to do and they uh, is not clear basically anywhere here is that you need to go up to this preview button on the top left and tell it to generate an app list, right? And the app list will give you these things. Everything that's in these parsers will end up in this app list. And oh, I'll have to blur that. Um, when you kind of select them by type or whatever, you can see how they'll look inside. This poster type is how they'll look inside Steam later on. And then you save your app list here with the save app list button. And that's it. That's all you have to do. So if you want Emulation Station to be the only thing that shows up, you go into Parsers and only show it Emulation Station. If you want your sepia emulators to show up so you can run them separately... If you want your Commodore 64 games or your Nintendo 64 games, or for me, I could select these Game Boy games, um, Game Boy, right? Uh, games to go through and go in there. You could do that, all of that um, here. And they whatever you turn on will show up in Steam after you generate that list. Um, I chose to just put it all in here so that it's not a thousand games or whatever you know like even the game boy games is enough to start to clutter things up you can turn off games in steam like when you go into um into this steam uh on your desktop mode 
you can go in here and turn off kind of whatever you want in here. So now it creates this other tab. You see emulation, emulation station, DEX64, Steam Deck. Kind of gives you the uh, desktop edition with a Steam Deck launcher. And that is turn offable if you want to. You can remove it from the collection or you can remove it from the not from the library you can do all sorts of stuff so now that that's there and showing up in steam if you switch back to gaming mode this was fun to figure out it really was despite the early frustrations in not being able to hook up bluetooth items which i ended up being able to do in desktop mode because the keyboard required a password and the mouse for some reason still does not seem to hook up correctly every time but you know we're getting there it's a uh, it's finicky linux is finicky it's interesting that they decided to do it with linux um i think for everyone's sake it's probably for the best so that you know open source technology and all that could keep this thing running longer than maybe other people might want it to um so yeah, so now you see we're in like the big picture or gaming mode or whatever they want to call it. And in non-Steam games, you can go to, you know, Great on Deck is, this is all from Steam, your Steam library. This is from your Steam library. This is what you have installed, but it doesn't show up as installed because it's not a Steam installed game. You have to go to either collections or non-Steam games. And then you can go down, your deck is there. Um... That's emulation station. Not a lot to do there. Until you launch it. Um, I only have Game Boy games because that's the only legal ROMs that we have here. You can uh, see I haven't gone in to put in any information except for this DuckTales one. We'll talk about this next time. But um, if we just want to see if it works, we're going to do that. All right? We're just going to see if it works and then that will be the end of the podcast. Boom, there she is. I think she's working. And then, um, clarify, it's like RetroArch is running in the background, and you can kind of go from there, run your games. Fun, huh? All right. See you next week. We'll probably work on this some more.